Hi, everybody. You're listening to the High Sessions Hawaii podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shimabukuro. What's up? Mr. Devin Nakoba. Howdy. Before we begin, let me remind all of our listeners that they can stay in touch with the show via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is at High Sessions. And then you have SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Apple Podcasts. And when you're there, rate us to five, because five is the best. And finally, you can, catch, you can email us at highsessions at yahoo.com. Um, if you would like to help the show and get more music on the channel, you can go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and donate. There you'll be more involved with the show and be able to help determine what is filmed. There's polls, and we're actually going to talk about one of the polls today as part of our introduction. Um, our guest coming in in a little bit is going to be, oh, sorry, before I do that, I'd like to send a shout out to Jody and Landon, who are our two new patrons this week. So Ooh. thank you very much for signing up, everybody. We really appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, our guest today is going to be Mr. Peter K. I know Mr. Peter K. as uh, the Your Computer Minute guy. Yep. Now, that's basically all I know about him, other than he is really into computers, he's really into data, and I thought it'd be interesting to kind of find out his history, because he's been in Hawaii for 30 plus years. He has a vlog now that he does and uh, I just find him to be an interesting individual so we're gonna have him come on but there were a couple of things that I wanted to just kind of touch on before we had him jump on so so Kyle on our last show you were um, inquiring or pondering about the demographic of where are people finding this podcast so I did put a, a, a poll out to our patrons and it turns out that 70% 70% of our patrons listen to the podcast on YouTube. Listen so, or watch? Watch. Well, I mean, they're, they're getting the podcast from YouTube. Whether they're looking at us while they're listening or they're just listening or, you know, whatever. The, the, the responses were 70% were from there. Wow. I sorry turned, about that. I'm sorry? Sorry about that. They have to watch us. <laughs> Well, they don't have to. I mean, they could they could turn the screen off, I guess, or minimize the screen and just hear the, the sound. Make the podcast better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Twenty three percent of those people listen on iTunes, and then seven percent listen on SoundCloud. So it's about seventy percent of people are on YouTube, and then the rest of it are on some kind of audio device listening to the podcast. So, are we losing listeners if we do? Um, our after podcast strictly on that platform for Patreon, or should we should it be on YouTube too? Uh, well, no. The um, the after podcast is on a video hosting site, so um, it would be as if it was YouTube for the after okay. podcast. But people are listening to the after podcast through the Patreon site, so because they're a patron, right? So, so have you been tracking that view? Is our patrons actually watching it? Yeah, they do. Yeah, because uh, yeah. some of them have reached out and they commented on some of the stuff that we talk about after the show. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, <laughs> everybody. I hope in a good way. Yeah. So I, I wanted to, to just address that because you brought it up last time. And thanks, everybody, for listening. But I was kind of... It was interesting because, yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was probably 50-50 that people would listen to it in their car or whatnot. Although, I, I guess you can still listen to YouTube in your car. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I don't know whether people are doing this while they're driving or, or what. But, um, 
yeah, YouTube seems to be the, the preferred choice. Well, when you, when you post it on Facebook and you say on High Sessions Facebook page and say, watch this podcast and they click on it, the link goes to where? To Facebook. YouTube, right? I mean, uh, to YouTube, yes. Yeah. Oh, to YouTube. Okay, so that's probably why the majority of hits are, are coming through YouTube too. Because on, on social media, the link is connected to YouTube. That's right. right. Yeah, all of our social media links go to YouTube. That's right. And you know what? I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter. Like, we just appreciate people listening in general, but it's oh, just yeah. kind of good to know where our audience is for now. Yeah. 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 So, the other uh, <clears throat> thing that came up um, over the week while it was a question, and this is more specific to me and Pure Heart and stuff, so that's why I wanted to address it before Peter comes on because it's going to have nothing to do with him. But um, someone was asking about. Uh, the, on the Pure Heart albums, we had all of our instruments tuned a half a step down. And so when you play, like, so you say you're playing an F chord, it's actually in E, but yeah. we're playing F. You know, okay. and they were wondering why that, that was and um, why we did that. Now, just to give you a little history, there's a lot of rock and roll artists that would do that back in the, the 70s. You know, they would tune their instruments half a step down. A lot, a lot of it is that maybe just deeper tones, things of that nature. For us, it, it was two things. Number one, my favorite album of all time is, uh, besides Bob Marley's Uprising, is uh, Kyle Crater Boys' Valley Style. And mm -hmm. the Kyle Crater Boys used to tune their uh, instruments a half a step down. So when we would play along to the albums back in the day, we'd have our instruments tuned half a step down and then, you know, you would transition into playing with each other and singing and stuff like that. And so I think that has something a little bit to do with it. But the other issue that we started running into was, Devin, you know this because you were there and you were around back then. Mm -hmm. We were doing something like six or seven gigs a week. Yeah. Like all on the weekend. I mean, it would be like two on Friday, three on Saturday, a gig on Sunday, There'd be one in the midweek. It was it, it, it was a crazy time because there was no internet back then, and so the live music scene was very busy, um, and so we were just gigging nonstop. And I started losing range in my voice; like I couldn't sing certain things that I could in the past. And so we started tuning the instruments down to kind of alleviate some of my problem in in the singing because I was just was kind of just wiped out, you know. Since then, uh, it took a while, but believe it or not, it, it came back and I can hit those notes again that I couldn't for a long time when we were doing the Pure Heart stuff. But uh, yeah, that's, so those were the kind of two reasons that we tuned our okay, instruments so, so half step down. You recorded the album a half step down. Yes. Then you gigged with, with, with everything half step down. That's right. But now when you're playing, you're playing at a normal E? Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we although um, on our new CD uh, that's come, that is coming out one day when we can get back into the studio, um, we tuned everything half step down just to be consistent with the other albums. Okay. So instead of playing your chords a half step down, you tuned the guitar half step down. Everybody that's tuned right. Up, tuned it, so an E would be a E. E flat. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, it, it is actually easier to play your instrument half a step down as well. Like the, just a little bit less tension on the strings. It's easier to bend. It's easier to do a lot of things. So there is a lot to, to it that's kind of positive in tuning half a step down. The only problem is 
yeah, people want to play along to your CDs and stuff. It's like nearly impossible because everything's, you know, in the middle. It's not like C. It's not. Yeah. It's it's in B or it's in, you know, if you're playing you're playing in G, it's really G flat or A sharp, you know, whatever. So it does. You're right though. When I, when you guys were playing, I I gave up trying to learn those songs because I was like, what kind of chords are these? Are you <laughs> Twenty years long, not been able to do your songs, and now they can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then what, once I started, once uh, Pure Heart disbanded and, and I started playing with other artists, I had to, I couldn't dictate, you know, can you tune the half step down for me anymore? So I just <laughs> yeah. had to kind of deal with it. Okay. From then on out. Yeah, so that's kind of the story about half step down. I think there's a lot of, uh, if, anybody's, if anybody's doing half step down, I, I would imagine that's the reason. But, you know, and then I do, I used to do things like uh, when I used to play with Kiahivai with Lei. Uh, and Mailani, I was tuning my guitar a whole step down because we had so many instruments. We had so many stringed instruments. We had a ukulele, we had a guitar, we had another guitar, and we had me, you know, bass. I figured it'd be kind of an interesting sound if they're all playing in, uh, uh, say, they're all playing in D and I'm playing in C. Yeah. You know, or mm -hmm. wait, or I'm playing E or whatever, right? So. I'm playing different chords, but it's, it's in the same key and it just makes it sound kind of more interesting to me. So there's a, there's a multitude of reasons why you would do it. But uh, that, that was my, my personal reason. But so now you're back, you're back to a normal person now. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you're awesome, and grab your guitar, you're in an E. Yeah. I would play an E, strum an E and I'd play an E. Except for when we go into the studio right now, just because of the yeah, then plan. You, yeah. Then Interesting. Cool. Well, thank you. So thank you for that question. And um, let's see, we're going to get Peter on now. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Mr. Peter K. We are back here and joining us today is Mr. Peter K. Peter, thank you for being here. It's uh, truly, truly, truly my pleasure. Really happy to see you guys. Right on. Well, I, okay. So, so we've met before, I know in passing. Uh, I, I don't know if you've met Devin or Kyle, but everybody knows you. From, from my generation as the Your Computer Minute guy. Yeah. And uh, I used to love that segment, and Devin has been in radio for forever, so he probably knows your voice better than uh, most people. And then, uh, but the other place I'm sorry that I, about that. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. All good. You know, although, sidebar here, but uh, for someone who was on the radio quite a bit and came on in these like small uh, blips, you did not get irritating. There's a lot of those type of like ongoing sequences that come on that you start hating the person after a while, but I didn't feel that way with you. So well, that's good. So the that's other so thing, good phrase, John. Right yeah, good to know. Good to know. There's yeah. so many people I hate, but I did not hate you. That's right. <laughs> that's right. But the I'll other, take it. I'll the take other it. place that I that I I ran into you, and you probably don't even remember this, but uh, I'll bring it up, and maybe you can elaborate on it, but. In like 2005, I had a friend who participated in a business plan contest for like angel investors or something that had, was tied to the University of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, was on, I was on one of those teams and you were one of the judges. And so I, I understand. So in my head, I have this picture of Peter Kay that he's uh, technologically advanced. He knows a lot about business, but I don't know exactly where you fit in that. And I should say that uh, you moved to Hawaii in your 20s, and you run livinghawaii.com, which is an educational website on how to make the transition from 
from wherever you are to moving to Hawaii. So if you can go back in time a little bit and, and kind of piece back, piece these things together so we can find out how you became the Your Computer Minute guy and then business and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. I'll, I'll try to make it brief so we can have a dialogue. I, I um, don't want to get into a monologue. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, very briefly, uh, you know, uh, international man of mystery uh, uh. is the way I would that. Now, uh, <laughs> basically, uh, you know, for all practical purposes, local guy. I came here when I was 21 years old and I'm in my uh, late 50s now. Um, and... Uh, Basically, you're, you're actually your you're classic, typical Hawaii small business guy, and I've had a tech flair to it. So I've always been, I've always been self-employed. I've never had a, quote, never had a real job. Um, always uh, had one tech company or another I've gone through. I think I'm working on like number seven of the kind of tech companies I've gone through. Uh, did kind of a little bit of everything. And uh, your computer minute was just kind of one of other these little sort of venture things. At my heart, at my heart, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, at the, the base of my soul is always to create new things and to innovate with new things. So that business plan competition, yeah, I've been an angel investor as well. Uh, did a lot of that. Uh, started did, did startups, venture funded startups. Uh, work with uh, new buddy entrepreneurs to help them. Uh, have uh, there? I have six patents in my name. Uh, I patented a bunch of technology, uh, email kind of stuff uh, back in ah. the. Uh, late uh, late 90s early 2000s and uh you know and so it just kind of gone through one thing or another and i've really enjoyed it it's been a life it's been a very different life uh the life i've chosen to live is is one where it's um uh kind of like uh, i kind of akin it to like a you know native uh native people tribes where you kind of travel where the you kind of go with the herd uh, <laughs> uh i forget what the word is now but you you know you go wherever the herd is going and you kind of follow the herd and you kind of you don't kind of worry too much about what's going to be going on, but you kind of live as you go and you kind of make your life the way you want it. And I'm fortunate to be living the dream, you know, uh, living in Hawaii.com is what I'm building out to be my sort of, you know, this is like the last business I'm going to have in, in theory. Uh, this is what I'm going to have into my, into my eighties. And it's about, you know, it recognizes the fact that uh, there's uh, 50,000, these are some amazing numbers, 50,000 people come to Hawaii every year, move to Hawaii every year, which is a remarkable yeah. number. 60,000 leave Hawaii every year. And, you know, as, uh, as I call myself a, as a Hawaii Islander who has really, to whatever degree I, I can, embraced, love, cherish local values, local customs. I think our values here are, are amazing and they're incredible. You know, living in Hawaii is my sort of way to, to cement that uh, and to basically teach people, those who are going to move here, if you're gonna move here, my job is to sort of do what I can to help preserve the culture. So it's a very long-term vision uh, to make it so that, uh, first of all, uh, at the same time, Hawaii's not for everybody, as we all know. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm uh, very uh, sort of proud of the fact that nobody tells more people not to come to Hawaii than me. It's about, uh, it's about a thousand people a day. I told about a thousand people a day. I did some quick math on the analytics that Hawaii's not right for you. But for those that do come here, you need to learn the culture. You need to learn our values, our, our values because we need to present that um, and uh, to preserve that. It's incredibly important. So that's a quick, hopefully it's quick. Hope I didn't do the, the round oh, no, too that, long, but that's, that's my background. That's great because it, it does help to kind of uh, paint a picture of what you're, you're all about. And, um, uh, Shai, there's so many things that are going through my head. I don't want to jump around too much. 
for, first of all, I, so before that, I'm going to skip, skip around and go back to this business planning thing. Because for those of you who are interested in um, entering a business planning competition at the university level, I think our business plan was about developing a website that had to do with real estate. And we went to the competition at the end and there were people that like invented bacteria that eat plastic and then poop out natural gas. And they were like touting this as like, it's going to change the world. And I'm sitting there going like, uh, yeah, I think our website is, uh, is toast. <laughs> you know, So you definitely need a good idea when you're doing that kind of uh, business planning stuff. Although it was still a, a good experience. But um, yeah, I, when you talk about culture and, um, and moving here and living here, you know, you said this one thing that I thought was so kind of profound and it's something that I had never really thought about and put into words, but it's kind of this underlying attitude here in Hawaii that you go last, not first. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you remember saying that, but you're driving around in your car and you're talking about Hawaiian culture and, and the, the culture here is, yeah, whenever you think about like uh, when there's, eating or if there's a line or if there's a whatever you know people here are a little bit more oh yeah you go ahead of me you know it's, it's never i'm i it's i'm important i got to get there first and all that kind of stuff and that's that's really a microcosm of, of everything because if you have that attitude then all the other pieces really fall into place when you think about the culture of hawaii and what we're all about here don't you think? Yeah, well, well said. I, you know, I've, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy, um, because I, I guess because I've got this engineer brain. Uh, I'm a software engineer by quote by trade. Uh, everything to me is is engineering. Everything has to, everything has to fit. Whether it's a, whether it's a mathematical equation, or whether it's software, or whether it's a patent, or whether it's how we think about God, uh, or uh, to me is is how I think about local culture. And I spent a lot of time in thinking about, you know, what is it about this place that makes it amazing and what makes it special? And I do have a mainland holiday perspective, right? Because uh, that's where I was born. So I've come in here and I've, I've gone through the I've gone through the baptism by fire. I've gone through the changes. And I really try to figure out what are those things? What makes Hawaii so great? And that's that's one of them. It's been this local island culture. And, you know, you go last, right? You go last. Um, you know, don't take the last pizza pizza. Uh, off the off the uh, off the cardboard, right? Don't be the last one to take that last piece of food. You leave it there. Um, you know, greet everybody in the party. Greet everybody when you leave. Greet everybody when you get there. All those things, and, and that's kind of what has been really fun to kind of go through this. And and I'm trying to put together this system. It's gonna uh, uh, as I unfold it. It's a long term vision, but as I unfold it, I'm gonna I'm gonna have online classes and I'm gonna give out certificates. And so. It's going to mean wow. something when you've gone, yeah, when you've gone through, you know, and, and over time, you know, a uh, super long-term vision is to invite everybody to come and give their manahal, right? To give their two cents of what they think, what makes Hawaii, because I don't have all the perspective. What's that great Hawaiian, uh, great Hawaiian proverb, you know, not all knowledge is taught in the same school, right? So, you know, bring everybody in, get everybody involved and uh, have everyone share a little bit of theirs so that, again, to me, like, our local culture is the most important thing. And I think we've seen various things that seem to come up here and there that seem to kind of threaten it in a way we're like, you know, that's not us. What's going on? Oh, this isn't, this isn't us. This, this is not what we're all about. And I want to preserve those things that we think is special. And that's kind of what my little goal is with this site and the project. So Peter, when you, when you first moved here in your twenties, uh, where were you from? 
um, originally? I was born in Chicago. Born in born Chicago. Chicago. Um, did you no visit here? Did you visit here and go, oh my God, this lifestyle fits me? Or did you visit here and go, oh my God, this lifestyle is cool. I got to change if I'm going to live here. Or what, 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 what were you when you were in Chicago? Were you, were you a Hawaiian at heart or did you have to like change and adapt to be where you're at right now? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Great, great, great question. You know, I'd have to say I was like the clueless Holly. Long story short, clueless Holly. And I think it initially, you know, uh, I, you know, I touched down and I just, it's one of these, I'm one of the, these people that you may have heard these stories where, you know, the minute they got her, they knew that this was the place, right? They knew that this was the place for them. But I was Chicago and, uh, you know, I had to, to take the time and take the time to learn. Um, and at my first crack was I really got involved with actually the uh, Polynesian or Hawaiian spiritual side of things. That was like the first thing I got exposed to. Uh, and I really, really got into this sort of Hawaiian shamanism perspective. And I was, you know, I really got into it. It really kind of transformed me. But I did have to learn along the way that, you know, that I, it took time to realize, you know, what a precious thing that local values and local culture was. And frankly, I really didn't fully it's sort of like a growing process. You know, it wasn't like any one thing that occurred. It was like a, a collection of things, kind of one thing after the other. I think the part that really kind of kicked in when I really, really realized how, how special, truly, truly precious and special what we have is, is uh, in, the, in the heydays of my company, Cybercom, we were the first, uh, Cybercom was the first commercial web developer in Hawaii. We built the first commercial website, um, outrigger.com. Uh, that's we built that. Uh, the just real quick, the domain names of boh.com, I registered that. fhb.com, I did that. khon.com, khnl.com, kitv.com, ksbe.edu, I registered huh. that. Um, so it's kind of fun. But we had in in the heyday of that, I had 30 full time employees, and just about all of them were UH grads, all local kids. And it's like, boy, what a work ethic. You know, it was the work ethic, the sense of honor, the sense of duty. I had business partners. I had great business partner of mine, Danny Matsuura, who a uh, classic local Japanese guy, just classic, classic. He was just the, the epitome local samurai, you know, honor, honor-filled kind of a guy. And he really taught me a lot as well. So it's like people along the way, you know, every step along the way, these various things really, really helped me understand, you know, how precious this is and how different it is and 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 how perfect it is for Hawaii. Nice. Yeah. So now you're doing the uh, the vlog and I know that you've been posting, by, by the way, what, what do you, you put it in your um, description, but you have a, what is that, Arlo camera or from? Uh, Rilo, Rilo, Rilo. 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 really cool 360 cameras. Yes, totally cool. We can geek out about it if you want. Well, I was going to say like, do you, do you, cause it pans, right? So you're panning, like, are you doing that with your head? No, it automatically it's, pans. It's the coolest thing. It is the it, like, it is like the coolest thing. So, so what this Rilo camera is, and the Rilo, they're, they're no longer selling it, uh, re regrettably. But the but there are three sixty cameras which do the same thing. So what this is is I basically mount the camera, you know, on the uh, I've got a convertible, so I mount it high so people can kind of see everything. Right. And I just hit the record button, and that's it. I don't even think about it. I don't think about it. I just hit the record button. You know, I got a separate microphone for a good audio, and I do my thing, and Everything is done in post editing. So think of it this way. It's like oh. this camera. Yeah, it's so cool. So this camera records this 360 world, right? So the camera's got the whole 360 world in it. And then in software, you know, you've got like a 1080p window. 
right? Uh -huh. And you've got this 1080p window. And then basically what you do in software is you point the window to what you want to see. So huh. afterwards, I, you know, I, if right. I see something cool, because, you don't, you know, when you're driving, you're just driving, right? So, you know, oh, yeah, I want to get that great ocean view, and I'll move the camera to look at that, quote the camera to look at that ocean view. But everything is done in post-editing everything which makes it totally because cool. it's non-stop recording three it's non-stop recording 360 exactly and, uh, and the and the software has some amazing uh, anti-vibration anti-shake uh built into the technology so it's just smooth it's a smooth shot there's no bumping up and down on all the bumps in the road or anything it's smooth it's silky and i could kind of redo it and post and it's really really fun really fun that's similar to like what google uses when they drive around and map things you know, I, it's somewhat similar, although, of course, there's is far, far, far more, more, more sophisticated, uh, but they're doing, you know, high resolution shooting along the way. And then their, their software, their, you know, their AI software goes back out and extracts things like, you know, home, the shot of a given home or the shot of yeah. a given address and things of that nature. So it's far, far more sophisticated. This is more of a consumer friendly camera. I think these days they're like the one that's popping out is called the Insta360R. I think it runs around three, four hundred dollars or something like that. But basically, it's always recording in 360, and then in software, you decide how you want the shot to look because you're in this like world that you're traveling through. It's really cool. Huh. Yeah, I, I thought that the vlog was kind of ingenious because, you know, for me, even this podcast, it's really taken me a long time to get comfortable looking into a camera and talking <laughs> to people. You know, like and the feeling of just. Uh, looking into the camera and talking it was just an odd feeling but you know if you're driving and you're talking and you got this thing going I feel like it's very casual and you can really speak like as if you were talking to a passenger in the car right yeah that I mean that's what it's like I think the two things I wanted to, to do with it was that you know I I wanted to I want to be like you're in the car and we're going for a drive right we're going to go for a drive and we're going to talk story I think that was one thing I really wanted and the other thing I wanted was that I I didn't want to do the, uh, you know, if it's like the single, the, you know, me talking podcast, I didn't just kind of want to do the me talking pon, uh, podcast with this, you know, bamboo leaf shoji behind me, uh, <laughs> you know, because it kind of gets boring after a while. I mean, I mean, then I got to, then I got to get fancy. I got to have a set and then the, the set doesn't change anyway. And then if you want to mix it up, then you have to kind of mix in some kind of B-roll stuff and it's all got to be whatever, right? But I thought, hey man, you know, Hawaii's so beautiful. Let's just be outside and keep it moving. And gee, I got a, you know, I got a car, I got a convertible, pop it on the convertible. So you get the view. It's like, you're looking around. I got a 360 view. You see the beauty of Hawaii. And that kind of makes it fun. Cause I'll be driving down. I'll say, man, check out that view. It's so amazing. That view is so incredible. And I get to, I get to be excited about the beauty of Hawaii all over again. So to me, it makes it visual and I still get to do the talking head thing, but it's a little bit different. It's more, it's externally, you know, there's a, there's an external environment that I'm, I'm interacting with. So it makes it fun. That was, so I'm, I'm trying it out. It's been good so far. I mean, I think I'm up to, I've been running the channel for a little while. I think I'm up to like 8,500 subscribers, which is pretty yeah. good. And, you know, it's kind of making its way. So it's fun. It's, it's well, what's, what's interesting about video, it's a great way to connect with people. I never really realized that, but it's a great way to connect. People feel that they know you if they've seen you on video a bunch of times. Yeah. And uh, your engagement is, is amazing. I mean, it's one thing to have, views i mean you know there's people that that have a lot of views but when you have people writing to you asking questions and you're responding and that's where the fun part begins right i mean that's where the most interesting part of any business is, is the interaction with other people 
Yeah. Uh, it can also well, be the most frustrating part of, of things, but uh, well, you have to kind of watch out for that, right? Because you're always going to yeah. get, you know, you're always going to get like crazy people on the channel, right? So um, that one's that one's kind of tough. Uh, and and I'm the I I I, I love um, I love a good debate, right? I, I love being in the arena. I'm I'm there. I got really thick skin. You can I don't take stuff for the you know within my human limitations. I don't take stuff personally for the most for the most part. Um, you know, I'll lay it on me. I'm good for it. And I always have the, you know, the, the, the impulse to kind of reply back, but for the, for the really crazy negative stuff, thank God there's a, there's a feature on YouTube, which says hide user from channel. So as soon as I get like yeah. a really nasty, like, like hide user from channel, I'm not going to, not going to do it. Just not going to do it. What are, what are people being nasty about? It? I don't understand. I mean, you're just something. basically, you're leading them around and going, here's this part of the island. Here's that part of the island. <laughs> You know what I mean? There's like, always something, man. There's always something. People There's always mad something. about don't don't give away my secret surf space. I mean, I don't understand. It's There's always weird. like like uh for example, one of them where I did is I I I try I don't want to get too much into controversial stuff because that's not what the channel is, is all about. But one of the one of the brand one of the brand promises of the channel is to be honest. I'm I'm, I'm as honest as, as I could be. Like I said, I tell more people not to come to Hawaii than anybody else. Thousand people a day plus. Um, so I try to be as absolutely truthful as I can. And I haven't covered every single topic you can imagine. But for example, just for example, so one topic where um, that I, I covered was uh, you know why do we have a homeless problem in Hawaii? And I went into the details of the homeless problem. And, you know, there's a bunch of people who are like, what are you talking about? You know, you're driving in a fancy sports car. Blah, blah, blah. What do you, you know, you, you have never worked a day in your, you've never worked a day in your life. You know, da, 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 da. Uh, and then that causes all kinds, you know, so any kind of a topic that people that any kind of a topic that goes beyond just the purely strict, simple and straightforward, anything that's even remotely, uh, remotely controversial, you know, especially these days, especially on, on YouTube, people just go wacko over it. You know, it's, it's, it's mm. as bad as Twitter. It's, it's, it's as bad mm. as Twitter. So. I don't know if there's anything as bad as Twitter. <laughs> Twitter is a, that's a dumpster of, uh, of it's a just cesspool, man. sadness. Yeah. It's a cesspool. It's a cesspool. <laughs> dumpster of sadness. Although, although <laughs> I've never heard it called that before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dumpster of sadness. The dumpster of sadness. <laughs> hey, don't right. you have a song that kind of goes like that? Star I do, of I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, Star of Gladness. You got to do like a weird Al Yankovic, man. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, there you go. That. You know, dumpster of sadness. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, we were just talking about the three local boys. Wait, was that on this podcast? I can't remember. I don't mm -hmm. even remember where I brought that up. Oh. The last podcast, three local boys. Uh, there's a band back when I was younger. They did a parodies of songs. Probably could never do them anymore. Just the, the hate they would get of the uh, political incorrectness and stuff. It just wouldn't fly. Yeah. Hey, Peter. Oh, yeah. oh, go, oh, oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. No, no. I, I was going to ask you, um, back, to the, back to the business side, being that you've been an angel investor and startup and all that kind of stuff, um, especially when it comes to tech, uh, I read a book a long time ago called The Art of the Start, uh, Guy Kawasaki, who's a Iolani grad. Yeah. Great book. And he talks about this idea of like um, a lot of people spend their whole lives with a good idea and they, they keep planning it and planning it and planning it till the thing becomes perfect. And they spend so long planning, they never get to, they never do it. Right. Yep. And so the idea is a lot of these things, you got to just kind of try it. You just try to do it. Just go out there and see if it has some legs and then uh, kind of figure it out on the way. But as an angel investor, someone that, that deals with small startups and businesses, what, what are your thoughts on um, 
for example, okay, let's use this example. I had this, I had this idea back in like 1998, when uh, must have, or maybe even before that, 97 or something. I wanted to do online radio. This is before online radio, so this is before uh, the Takumus of the world were doing. And I, and uh, I had a contact that knew Don Ho very well. So the idea was, let's get Don Ho. We'll use his name and we'll do the Don Ho radio show and it'll be an internet show. You know, we'll do this internet thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I was, what, 19 at the time. So I just really didn't have the resources to, to get this all together. But when you have those kind of ideas, how much planning should you be doing or how far along should you get it before you start approaching guys like a Peter Kay or, or, or what? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good question. And, and here's, here's what I tell Here's what I tell you sort of young budding entrepreneurs who want to do this, which is, I think one of the, by the way, uh, what Guy Kawasaki says along those lines of the, the planning thing, his famous line, I know you'll remember this. He, he says, don't worry, be crappy. That was the, that's his great <laughs> line, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. worry, be crappy. In terms of don't worry about being perfect, just be crappy and get out with something. <laughs> so, so what I tell people is, is you got to just you know there, there's no sort of correct percentage of planning and not even know what kind of planning really means other than sort of thinking things through as best you can but what i tell one of the best pieces of advice i ever got uh was uh pretend as if act as if you're never going to raise a single dollar of funding from let's say an external investor just pretend it's never going to happen and go forward and then the question would be what i tell someone is like figure out some kind of a way to take the first step, right? So in your case, for example, to take your story, you know, cool idea, right? You want to do the, you know, uh, the, uh, the Don Ho, uh, the Don Ho internet radio show. I would say, okay, John, what's the next thing you can do? What is that next thing? Is it to call Don? Is it to get a microphone? Is it to figure out how you're going to do it? What is the next thing that you can do and do it and see if you can figure out a way to do it without needing any money per se. Can you mm -hmm. do it with next to zero? Yeah. You know, we want to have the fancy studio, the recording studio with the, with the, with the soundproof rooms and, and the professional style mic. Yeah, I get that. But can you do it with an iPhone? Can you start with something, right? Can you do something? I had a, a story that pops in my mind. I had a guy that talked to me about, he had the idea of doing a, uh, you know, uh, have you heard of Drive? I think it's called Drive Hui. It's the local uh, uh, circle mm -hmm. thing where you uh, you can rent a car. Get the Toyota and yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. So this was years ago, and he had this idea, and he goes, oh, I got to raise a million dollars or whatever. I said, no, 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 dude. Can you do it right now renting your own car? Can you rent your own car to somebody, right? Because the most important thing in, in, in starting up a company is, is getting – doing what you have to do to get to that first dollar. The mm -hmm. first dollar is the most important dollar you'll ever make. And what I mean by the first dollar is the first dollar that someone gives to you in exchange for the service or product that you have to offer. That first dollar, do whatever you got to do to get to that first dollar. You got to figure out what that plan is, but you know, assume you're not going to be given. Assume no one's going to give you money. Maybe your crazy uncle will give you a couple of grand. And if your crazy uncle will give you a couple of grand, God bless him and God bless you. Ask your crazy uncle for a couple of grand. <laughs> but you know, but but assuming you're not going to get a penny, uh, figure out a way to do it with your own capital. 
you know, it'll, it'll force you to conserve. It'll force you to kind of figure out a way to make it work. You'll come up with what you can do to make it work and you'll do it a step, a step, a step at a time. And if you kind of keep doing this, okay, what's my next step? That forces planning, it forces the economy, it forces you to look at your value proposition, it forces you to be like super ultra mega conservative with your spending because you don't have a lot of money to begin with. So you're not going to make, you're, you're going to make mistakes anyway, but they're not going to cost you, you know, tens of <laughs> right, thousands right. of dollars. And they won't cost you your relationship with your crazy uncle. He'll still be your great <laughs> and he'll still love you. Um, so that's what I would recommend. In other words, just start. You know, uh, how's that go? There's like a great saying, right? That the path, uh, the, the path of a thousand miles begins with the first step or something like that. Some, some kind of Mulan kind of saying, I, I don't know. What it is, but, uh, but that's how you start. You start with the first step and you take that first step and you don't stop. You don't stop. You don't stop taking those steps. And frankly, you know, to entrepreneurs, uh, to people who want to start something, it's like, that's the fundamental secret is don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. This thing you might do might fail. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You'll learn more. Frankly, that's the only time that you learn. You learn when you fail. You don't learn when you, when you win, your head gets big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your head gets big. And, you know, you begin to, uh, uh, what I say is uh, you begin to believe your own press releases. Uh, and your head gets big and you think you're better than you really are. It's when you, when you get your butt kicked. That's really when you learn. So don't be afraid to get your butt kicked. It's going to happen. So welcome it and learn from it and just don't stop. If you don't stop, you don't stop. Garen's Barbarians, you'll make it one way or another. I think that's a great message. And, you know, th- we do a lot of music on this channel, but it applies to music as well. You know, there's a lot of artists out there that have great ideas. They have great talent, but they, they give up. I mean, they, I don't even want to say give up, but they don't come up with a plan. You know, you got to you got to look past just the playing to, OK, if I want my music to be heard, what's the next step? Like, where do I have who do I have to be standing in front of to get here, to get there? We had Taimani Gardner on the other week, who was a wonderful ukulele player. And she's been around for a long time, was doing a gig. And the head of uh, NPR saw her and took her up to where is that Washington or wherever his and she did the Tiny Desk yeah. concert, you know. Hundreds of thousands of people have now seen that video, but you never know who's out there. But if you're consciously thinking about who do I need to get in front of, you know, where are the steps, you know, so it applies to everything beyond business too. It's a, it's a universal, it's to me, it's a universal thing, right? It's a universal thing to think, what's my next step. And, and to me, you could decide to look out as many steps out in the future as you want, but you only have to look at the very next step in front of you, really. Mm. You really have to only look at that step and get that thing done. And from the business perspective is, what do I got to do to get that first dollar? What do, what kind of value do I have to deliver to get a dollar? If you got a dollar, it's you did it, you know, so to speak. It's <laughs> a great accomplishment, right? Make the first dollar. Because if you make the first one, you can make the second one, right? And if right. you make the second one, you can make more. And if you make more, you can figure out how to spend less and you can figure out how to get the profitability and all that kind of stuff. Get to that first dollar. What's it going to take to have someone, you know, I, back when we used to use cash, right? To have someone take a, you know, a bill, a dollar bill out of their wallet, open the wallet, take the dollar bill out and give it to you. What's that going to take? Yeah. Pretty soon we're going to have to change that, though. It's going to be, what is it going to take for someone to digitally transfer you a dollar? Venmo, yeah, Venmo, Venmo you a dollar. dollar. Yeah. Kyle, I'm sorry. Before we went on this uh, tangent, uh, you had a question? You, you were going to say, you were going to ask something? Yeah. Oh, let's <laughs> I almost forgot already. It took so long. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, you were talking about your website and how you um, 
talk about Hawaii, but you also talk to a lot of people about not coming here. And um, I just wanted to clarify with you, what, what does that mean? Does it mean that you don't want people to come here to live, or do you want not want people to come here to visit? Or does it mean both? Excellent. Thank you for asking that to give me a chance to clarify. Yeah. Uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to, to, uh, to identify is, uh, first of all, we're a free country. People can go wherever they, they, they want to go, at least, until, at least until COVID gets lifted and quarantines get, gets lifted. We can go wherever we want to go, and God bless you, whatever you, you want to do. Uh, the goal is is kind of uh, altruistic, which is what I'm trying to do is we all know that Hawaii is kind of like not for everybody, right? We all know that there there there's the, the the people who either visit here or people who try to live here, and they're like, man, this place ain't right for me, right? I mean, we've all we all you all know what what I'm talking about. There's it's it's some for some it's like either a love it or a hate it perspective, or for some like you you feel that you come here and you always belong here, and others like you feel here and you're in hell. Um, so what I try to do is through the website, try to help people figure it out themselves by trying to be as honest as I can, because again, I'm trying to be as altruistic, kind of sort of like a win, 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 win. So the win is I'm going to help you save money and save a potential disaster so that you can figure out in advance if Hawaii is right for you or not. Because if it's not right for you, don't ruin your life by trying to move here. You'll ruin your life. You might ruin your marriage. You'll be financially a financial disaster and God knows whatever else. So I'm going to help you try to figure out if this place is right for you or not. That's the one. And then conversely, if Hawaii is, if you do think Hawaii is right for you, then I kind of want to, my pitch to sort of like the locals is, hey, look, these people are moving here anyway. They're going to move here one way or another. We might as well teach them our culture. We might as well teach them our values so that they can be a valued part of the community. Because I think everybody, everybody loves someone who has embraced and become Hawaiian at heart, or I call Hawaiian, a Hawaii Islander, right? Everyone loves that. We all, you know, uh, so we want more of that, right? We want more of that. And we want, everyone wants less of the other ones. So I try to kind of hit both angles by educating those so that you can figure out for yourself if it's right for you. And if it is right for you, Let's get you up to speed on the culture and what things that are right and wrong so that you'll know to take off your slippers before you go to somebody's house. Um, that's the idea behind the whole thing. Do you think tourists that come here, I mean, we welcome tourists, obviously, because of our industry and we rely on it. But you think tourists come here and they stay in that Waikiki bubble or that tourist bubble and they're getting a false um, reading of what it's like to actually come here and live? Is that, is that also a problem, too? I mean, I, that, that I, I completely agree with you. Look, I mean, I think that's the case when anyone goes on vacation anywhere, right? Yeah. You know, you go to, you go to Disney World, it's like, man, Disney World, this is awesome, right? But, you know, the, there's the reality of the bills afterwards and all that kind of stuff. So Las I think Vegas. everybody is Vegas, right? Las <laughs> right, Vegas, exactly, right? right? Yeah. Like Vegas, man, yeah. You know, until you have the, the different thing if you have to live there. So there's always that. There's always that reality. Um, and certainly, I think I, I think it's no reason to to doubt the, the 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 very real possibility that I'm sure a lot of people see Waikiki and get jaded by it and think that's the way life is over here until until they end up living here and they realize, oh my God! Um, and so that's part of the reality. That's part of the reality trip that I try to put people through. You know, I've got like one video which is you know Hawaii. Can you uh, can you afford it and is it worth it? And I go through the whole thing of you know doing some math and is it worth it and all that kind of stuff to try to give people the reality of the whole thing. You know, when I was uh, younger, 
I, I, I've been scarred to this day because um, I remember I had a, a Calabash. He's not, it wasn't blood related, but I, I, I knew him very well. He was from the mainland. And whenever I'd go up there, I'd visit, you know, and we'd, we'd hang out and play. Really, really nice guy. We were good friends. And then when he was in college and I was still in high school and he decided he was going to move here, you know, and I remember him talking on the phone. We were talking on the phone. And he was saying, yeah, man, I'm going to go to my classes. I'm going to go down to the beach and I'm going to do, read my books on the beach and just like, you know, just hang out and stuff. And I, I was thinking like, dude, it's hot on the beach. It's windy. It's windy and like, it's bright. Like you, you're going to, you're not going to be able to see, you got to wear sunglasses because you're not going to be able to see the pages. And then where are you going to leave the book when you go in the water? Like someone's going to steal your bag, you know, but, but I never really said anything to him. And uh, because I was a high schooler, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, I just wasn't thinking about other, mostly thinking about myself, you know, so he came. You're in high school. Come on, you're in high school. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, that's no excuse. But anyway, he came, and I know he didn't have a good experience here. I, I think uh, a lot of what he thought was going to be paradise or whatever was not it, and he ended up moving back to the mainland. I mean, he's doing fine now, so I think it worked out okay, but, but is I just it always felt bad, like I didn't, huh? Is it because you didn't let him? You didn't take him to the beach, and he stayed at home in your in your air conditioned house all well, day. Well, he ended up going with you know he went out without me, right? Like he was, oh. I, I didn't, I didn't like take him in and like show him the ropes, and, and I was kind of off doing my own thing, and I wasn't gonna like, kind of like you know, oh, come here and and I'm gonna, you know, show you around and do all this stuff. I, I you know, this was like, oh, beginning of when I was starting to play music, so I was out doing gigs, and I just didn't think about it, and then. Uh, I could have been a lot better host, but yeah, so there is that kind of experience where you come here and it's just not quite, you know, in your brain, it's like it, exactly the same. Like if I went move to Vegas, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go down to the buffet every week, weekend and eat, eat all I want, you know, like and stuff like that. But then, you know, when you get into real life, it's just not, it's, <laughs> that's not reality, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's also the idea that uh, when you come here, it's like uh, Peter was talking about, it's the, it's the mindset of the person that comes here. Because if you're coming yeah. here thinking that I'm going to live this amazing life on the beach and I'm going to do all that stuff, you can do all that. You're just going to be homeless while you do it <laughs> because you need to have a job that's going to pay for the things that you want to go and do. And it's important to think of that stuff because we're, uh, we're not the strongest of job markets. And if you think you're just going to come in and start your business because your business is awesome, but you're one of those people that doesn't do a lot of networking, then you're really going to be screwed because Hawaii is all about networking. Hawaii is all about who you know. It's not about, uh, it's not about how much money you get. Well, it is a little bit about how much money you got. But, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're starting out, it's, uh, it, it really is about who you know. And if you know the right people and you make the right contacts, you're okay. Because, I mean, we all have those cautionary tales of people who move here. But they move. I've, I've had friends who move here and they hate it. But they hate it because, why do I have to take off my shoes? Wait, when I go to the party, I got to bring something? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, you mean you mean I don't get to go first in the line just because they said you just go? Yeah. Everybody's had those kind of experiences. And, you know, and some of it too is, uh, I mean, after going to school on the mainland, it's dealing with people going, oh, so the grass skirt thing, is that a real deal? Do you mm. all know how to serve? How much Hawaiian are you? And you go, oh, man, please don't move to Hawaii. <laughs> It's going to take me way too long to explain to you how this works. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. If you're, uh, thank you for helping people out. I just, they, they just, I think they have the rose colored glasses. And sometimes even when you try to explain to them, they don't, they just don't get it. 
you know, sometimes you got to get hit over the head, right? I mean, that that's all life is, right? You have to get hit over the head to kind of learn. And that's why I said earlier, you really only learn from your mistakes. You learn from your fails. You know, someone can tell you these things a bunch of times, um, but you got to some 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 of us have to, some of us have to experience it before we actually learn. We don't listen. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you made your. By the way, so we're going to ask a, a music question in a little bit, but. Uh, what made you decide to come to Hawaii? This is always kind of an interesting thing to me because I think, boy, if I'm in Chicago, I'm in a big city, why go to uh, Ireland? Awesome food, football. Yeah. Oh, man. They yeah, got the greatest know, football yeah, team. Right? Well, well, except basketball. for the winter. The winter sucks. Ooh, but, yeah. Oh, man. That's a, <laughs> that is a, yeah, that, those winters are crazy. They, they, they kill me. You know, it's kind of funny. It's, um, it was really an interesting thing. Nothing really specific, although there was an, an there was an interesting thing. Is uh, I've always been a gamer f since you know since the very you know uh, my parents. I grew up in a bar in Chicago. Uh, my parents owned a bar, and and we had you know asteroids and uh, all the video games in wow. the bar, right? So I was you know that's kind of where my game. So I game from day one. Anyway, and there was a there was a video game. There was a game uh, in one of these early computer systems. Uh, and uh, the computer system is kind of a funny story over here. Uh, the computer system was called Plato, and it was a system that was used by universities. And wow. I would, uh, next to the high school I would go to, there was a community college, and I would, I, I, would, I, able to, I was able to talk the librarians into giving me an account on this Plato system. And uh, they had great games on it, but it was the first, the very, this is back in the, this is late seventies now. Um, this game had, it had multi, it was one of the first multi-user games, which today is like, you know, passe, but it was multi-user. And I remember it was like, it was like a Star Trek game. And uh, when, when you would get killed, it, it would tell you who, who killed you. And every so often I, I, I would get killed and, and said, you know, you were killed by a blah, la 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 in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm like, what? You know, what? What the heck? I'm in Chicago and I'm playing this game. And I'm getting killed by this guy in Hawaii. And so this thing in Hawaii kind of came into my head um, and uh, it kind of never left my head. And, uh, you know, uh, right after, right after high school, I, I had this job. I was, a, I was a, a programmer in the early days and I was able to kind of make enough money to kind of save for a vacation. And the very first place in my whole life that I went to for a vacation was, uh, was to Maui. And again, like I said earlier, as soon as I touched down, boom, that was it. The funny story here, is that uh, this system called Plato uh, was, of course, installed. The Honolulu, Hawaii uh, installation of Plato was, of course, University of Hawaii. Okay. And, uh, okay. and uh, guess who was the guy that set up, that was brought in from the mainland to Hawaii to set up that Plato system? David Lasner, who today is the president of UH. Oh, wow. So David Lasner and I have this weird goofball connection that goes back to the 70s that I didn't even realize. He was here setting up the system. And so when I told him the story, he kind of flipped out about it and shared with me mm. that he was the guy that set up Plato. So long, he, long series of links, this is, which is nothing new in Hawaii. But that's how it all started. I was entranced by it. It was absolutely entranced. And when I landed, I landed in Maui and uh, for the first, because of course we go to Maui, us visitors go to Maui because that's the place to go. I didn't know any better. Um, <laughs> But I touched on a Maui man. I looked at the mountains uh, towards the Iao Needle, and I looked and I said, "Man, this is it. I'm, I'm, this is it. I'm moving here." And that was that. Yeah. Oh, I, I try to explain to my kids. I've told this story a million times because I, I live in Hawaii, so you know we oftentimes drive around the 
you know, the, the coastline, we go down to Sandy Beach and stuff like that. And I tell them, people pay thousands of dollars. They save up their life savings just so they can see what we're driving by. And they're in the back, they're on their phone and they, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. We all, we, all take for granted, we all take for granted the life that we have, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. took my kids through. I took my kids through Waikiki when we were doing the first shutdown. Cause I thought, how exciting! You to drive yeah. through Waikiki. There's no, you know, there's no cars. There's very little people. It's so neat. The kids are like this. Like, <laughs> seriously, look at the the thing in the buildings. Oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Swipe, swipe. swipe. I'm on. I'm on TikTok. Can't you see I'm busy? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do, Peter, do you still play? Do you still game? Total hardcore gamer all the way through. Hardcore. Wow, that hardcore. is awesome. Hardcore, are you, yeah. Are you all PC or? Um, uh, these these days, I, I switched to the Xbox because I realize I used to play games on, on my desktop, but I really like being in the Lazy Boy all the way back with the recliner and you know the big sixty five <laughs> inch monitor, you know, with the with the controller, yeah. So, yeah, hardcore. Uh, I'm, I'm a first person shooter like Battlefield, Battlefield, you know, the, the oh, whole okay, Battlefield okay. series. Uh, uh, Pilot is my preference, either you know fighter pilot or helicopter pilot, whatever. That's that. Or racing, the car racing sims like Forza. I'm into Forza, so Forza or Battlefield, pretty much those two. Hardcore, hardcore gamer. That is that is amazing. My dad laughs at me all the time because he says, uh, when my generation gets to be his age, they're just going to stick us in retirement homes that have Xbox and Nintendo in it, and then that's it. We're just going to sit there yep. the whole day and, and I have to. It's going to be so easy, sure. you know? I'm down, yeah. man. I'm down for that. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. So, Devin, uh, why don't we do the uh, three album question? Sure. Okay. Peter, uh, we always ask our guests this. Um, you got three albums that you can take with you on the uh, desert island. So we want to get uh, your three desert island discs, and um, they can't be greatest hits albums. So, you know, I, I, you know that's a, but the funny thing that, that you mentioned it, because I'm, I'm going to answer it in a little bit of a different, but I'm not going to screw up the question. So... <laughs> So in, in these days, albums are like, you know, that you're really dating yourself on albums because yeah. uh, are we talking vinyl albums with the little needle that you have to yeah. put on it that comes yeah. in a jacket that I got to take yeah. on the thing, uh, right? Uh. So I'm, I'm going to say instead like a playlist. If I was like, a, if I only had, if I had like an iPod, uh, what albums are what? How many minutes long is album? 40 minutes or whatever? 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, it's yeah a, it could uh, be a little longer than that. Yeah. It's not yeah. necessarily albums. It's, it's anything. CD... Yeah, I mean, right. just something that just something that spoke to you, and you listen to it, and you go, it takes you back to something or a, a moment yeah. that you Influenced remember. Influenced you, yeah. yeah. So, so I would, so if I was thinking in terms of playlist. If I was like a Spotify, if you told me, look, you could take an iPod, and the iPod could only hold, you know, so many minutes of music. What would what would the songs that you would put on that iPod be? And I'm going to give you the same answer that you're looking for. Uh, but I think strictly, strictly, strictly speaking, if it was albums. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an audiophile kind of guy. I've always had high-end hi-fi systems and high-end audio, uh, and I've done my share of, quote, buying albums. Uh, so album-wise, I'd have to say Led Zeppelin II. Led Zeppelin II oh. was like the definitive boom album. Uh, if I had a playlist that I, I had to put together, I think the playlist would, would have – you know, especially if you told me that I, I had to leave Hawaii, right? I had to leave Hawaii. You're going to go somewhere. You never come back. I would. Oh, I got it. You know, well, go ahead. I, I, instead of a desert island, you're going into space. We're sending you to Mars. You're never coming back. What do you take? 
<laughs> okay, good. Excellent. And that, oh, that's a great question because in Mars, albums won't work because albums require gravity. So you can't take out right, right. no such that's thing. Right, that's right. They require gravity. So albums oh are not going to work. Oh, my goodness. Holy moly. <laughs> oh, bro. You got to geek, geek on your show. I'm going to geek uh, out. I can't help yeah. it, right? Um, but in the playlist, well, first of all, I would have a bunch of pure heart tunes. That's the first thing I would there have. There you go. Oh, yeah. good answer. Got to have the good play. Got to have pure heart. I gotta, Someone's getting a free CD. <laughs> <laughs> so got to have a couple of those classics on there. I would have, uh, besides pure heart, I would have... Uh, Definitely some Brothers Casimero for sure, some classic Casimero kind of tunes. Uh, probably a splash of Hoppe. I would probably take uh, uh, the uh, uh, C&K, because when I first came to Hawaii, C&K was still going on. It was, they were still the thing. Was, still people had their C&K albums, so that, that reminds me back of, the, back of those 70s. Uh, on, the, uh, on, on, on the Holly side, uh, you know, there's like Led Zeppelin three, of course. Uh, I would take Pat Metheny. I really love Pat Metheny group. I love that sort of oh, that, that jazz kind of fusion thing that Pat Metheny group had. Um, and, um, and I would also take um, ancient Greek Byzantine chant. How's that one for you? <laughs> ancient Greek wow. Byzantine chant. Because um, okay. uh, it's a uh, look it up one day and play a few and see if it kind of speaks to you. I, I'm a, I'm an Orthodox Christian and uh, Greek Byzantine chant are the are the unchanged chanting. Think about almost like Hawaiian chanting in, in many ways. It was the it's it's the chants that were that were created nearly two thousand years ago um, wow. in like you know sort of first century Christianity, fifth century Christianity, uh, and those chants have continue to this day unchanged. They're exactly the way that they were done almost 2000 years ago. And it's really, uh, it's the, it's kind of hardcore stuff. So that would be my, that would be my, that would be my playlist. That'd be on my playlist if I had, a, if I had an iPod with limited space uh, on my way to Mars. That is one way to get around that question, boy. I tell you, fit as much music as possible. That was good. And you know, they found that iPod and listened to it, they'd be like, what? Wow. I think everybody has their, their like thing that they listen to that probably no one else listens to either, you know? Well what do you listen to, John? I'm trying those? to think I'm trying to think of something odd that I that I listen to that uh, uh, I, there's like a um, there's a group called Prowler that you've probably never heard of. But they—they're kind of this rock thing that you would never think that I would listen to. Or, or I, I like—I like chick rock. I like like the Bangles and uh, you know that's, that's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that's there. mainstream, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not forty, man. All right, I'll—I'll I'll try to think of something. Oh, I don't oh have yeah, any yeah. And, and, and now, John, you made me realize I, I, there has to be one more that has to stand out. I would also take the video version of Gundam Style. I would definitely take that. that would definitely come <laughs> you could show it to the aliens. <laughs> This is what's coming for you. <laughs> there is no intelligent life on that planet. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Peter, we're going to um, take a quick break. In, in our time, it's going to be instant. But uh, what we do is we do a, maybe about 10, 15 minutes um, for our Patreon subscribers, which is a, a separate, separate section. I wanted to talk about 80s and 90s action movies. And I'll tell you why when you come onto the Patreon. But also... Uh, Peter was probably at the very beginning one of the best 
uh, relators of information in regards to coronavirus. He was very on top of the charting and getting the information out. And so a lot of, and I was so confused March, April, and uh, his charting was great. So I want to see if he has any thoughts on uh, where we're going with this and if the data says one thing or the other. So we'll pick that up on our Patreon uh, coming after this. But for now, uh, we'll say our bye to our um, our YouTube listeners, and we'll see you on Patreon. And hey, Peter, Peter, before we oh. sign off, can you uh, sign off like your old time radio days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm Peter K. Witcher. Join us on Patreon. Aloha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>